Welcome, everybody, to Merle's Pearls of Business Wisdom, where I, Merle M. Singer, the Relationship Miracle Worker, <laughs> talks about all things relationships and how they impact the workplace. That's what's kind of interesting. Our relationships affect our whole lives. It's a whole big circle, and it's all filled with our relationships. So, and we're going to talk about that. And to talk about that, I have a guest, a wonderful guest whom I adore and love. And her name is Judy Hirsch. Yes, Judy Hirsch knows, she does like the neuro of the science or the science of the neuro. I'm not sure which. <laughs> But she is a um, a, a, um, a a coach of neuroscience of personal and business uh, development. She has a workshop. She gives you an opportunity to challenge yourself to the next level. Oh, there's always another level that you can reach, and she's the one that will help you. She's a certified consultant of heart math. She's got it all handled and loves talking about it and loves the science of it. So it's not just that we have this crazy little idea, but it's not a crazy idea because it's real and it's backed up with science. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. I really am excited to be here with you, Merle. <laughs> You're one of my favorite people, and I'm just uh, I'm honored to be able to share this space with you in this time and hopefully impart some pearls of wisdom to your audience. Yes, yes, I know you will. I know you will. So uh, start uh, a talk about how you understand how relationship and, and how how it affects people's lives and into the workplace as well. Yeah. So just in general, I mean, right? Relationships and the workplace and what it's, you know, what we're, uh, what it's all about. Well, well, what about, I, I think, I, I think we can start with the relationship with ourselves. How about okay. that? Because Perfect. the relationship with ourselves will affect, um, the people around us. Boy, oh boy, is that true? <laughs> so a lot of us know that intuitively, but there's also science behind that. So if we talk about relationship with ourselves, which is a perfect place to start because a relationship with ourself has everything to do with ourselves, I should say, it has everything to do with our relationship with others. So if I'm, so for example, if I'm not comfortable with myself, it's going to be really hard for me to be comfortable with you know other people as well, because if I don't like me and you don't like me, Nobody likes me, right? So, so it, I mean, it sounds funny, but it's really true. And so we walk around and we we put these ourselves in, um, and we encase ourselves and we protect ourselves, right? We put up these walls. And what we don't realize is, and this reminds me of a story, we don't realize is we're keeping other people out. And this, this is specifically what's coming to mind is what happened to me in a work, in the workplace or, or what discovery happened. I remember taking this, I don't know if it was a personality test. This is a long time ago, but it was some kind of test to learn more about yourself. And one of the things that I I, I remember filling out was, I wish more people would uh, open up and and be closer to me. And 
you know, that kind of make more, you know, deeper connections with me in the, in the workplace. And, and the, the long and the short of it is I discovered that the test said to me, you know, they, they assess you at the end and say where you're at. And it said to me that I'm not open. And that's why I want other people to be open with me because I'm not, I'm not that way with them, but I'm expecting them to be that way with me. And I was initially taken aback. Like, what are you, are you kidding me? What do you mean? I'm, so sweet and helpful and kind. And what I realized was there's a difference between me knowing myself, right. And how I feel in this body and how I present myself to other people. I didn't realize that although I felt sweet and kind and loving and, you know, open, I would even say, if you would have asked me back then, and I, am I open? I would have said, Oh, absolutely. But, But I realized that the reason other people weren't being open with me was because even though I knew I felt open and I felt loving toward others, I wasn't showing it because I was too busy protecting myself. So long story short is that to answer your question is that when we really do feel comfortable with ourselves, completely accept ourselves, or at least we are more comfortable with ourselves and accepting less judgmental of ourselves, it will open up the door to coherence, you know, good connections with other people in the workplace, um, you know, and at home, of course, as well. But, and this is actually measurable. So this is where the science comes in is they have, uh, and they, I'm speaking about uh, an organization called the HeartMath Institute. They have devices that you can, either handheld devices. Now they have apps that you can put on your phone that you you have to pay for. But, uh, and there's also, um, you can- What what happens? So so, I get this app on my phone and then what? So on your computer, so the the last way is on your computer, on a desktop. So what what it will do is it will measure your body's level of coherence, which basically just means balance, that your heart is beating in a coherent, very smooth and even pattern in response to how you feel. So when we're stressed or anxious or worried, even on a subtle level, our heart is, is, is beating in an incoherent way, which means if you were to track it on a heart rhythm monitor, you would see these jagged rhythms. So again, it doesn't really matter, you know, so much about all the details, but these devices um, that are provided by HeartMath gives you feedback. It's kind of like a biofeedback mechanism. So you can see how coherent you are and why that's important is when you can move yourself consciously into a state of coherence, meaning balance and your heart's rhythmic, you can much more easily be, um, your brain function is facilitated. You're a lot more effective in the way you communicate, you connect with others, you can listen more effectively, make decisions better, and you're giving off a uh, a magnetic field that is actually felt by others, and they can measure that magnetic field. This not they, you know, most of us can't do that, but there are devices called magnetometers, which measure the heart's magnetic field. A lot of us are familiar with this. In the doctor's office, we see the electrocardiogram, and that's an electric field. And so electrocardiogram measures the electric, electric field of the heart, but it also produces a magnetic field. And the magnetic field is what's felt by other people. So we don't realize how much we influence people in our workplace, just about based on how we feel and how the outlook we have on life and ourselves and about situations and how we're we're constantly judging. So when we use these techniques that we learn, that that I teach my clients, these are heart math techniques and, and other techniques I've learned over the years and years of coaching. You can actually move yourself on demand, on command into a coherent state, which enables you, even without you saying a word to somebody, will already open the door to better connections. So for example, have you ever walked into the room 
where, you know, maybe nobody's talking, but it feels really tense and uncomfortable. And, you know, you know, you feel like something just happened. And later you find out that they just, the person that you were walking into the room with had just received bad news, right? Or they had just been in an argument, even though nothing was said, you could feel the tension. Well, that's what this is. This is a measurable field, magnetic field radiated by the heart. So when we learn how to regulate our own heart and be more coherent, we can make easier connections anywhere. But what happens is when I go into workplaces and teach these skills to people in the workplace, you change individuals, which change teams, which change departments, which in turn changes a whole culture within a company. Which is reminds us uh, of the example that I gave uh, when we talked last, which uh, I don't know if you remember, but one of my clients was working in an environment, it was actually a um, doctor's office. And <clears throat> the, one of the, the chief nurse or somebody, <clears throat> everybody hated, everybody hated that person. Mm. And I said, oh, oh, you know, I'll tell you what to do. We could put nothing. We can make a difference. Oh, yes, yes. Call <laughs> <laughs> me Mrs. Singer. Oh, yes, Mrs. Singer, of course. I said, <laughs> just give that person one compliment every day. That's all just one compliment. It's not a big deal. Don't make a big deal about it. There's only one thing. It must be honest. It must be authentic. You must really believe it. So you can say, I love your shoelaces. I mean, who really cares? Mm -hmm. But you really do like those shoelaces. <laughs> and Or it's a great picture frame you have of your family. Not the family. The picture frame is super. <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as it's real. It's You really believe it. And if and so I told her, do that, you know, and then it was like about three weeks later and she said, Mrs. Singer, you won't believe it. Mary Jane, another nurse, came up to me and said, what's going on with the rotten person? He's <laughs> so nice. How come? And that's, I mean, I don't get scientific about it, but that's what you're talking about is that the woman had somebody that said something nice to her. So no matter what was going on awful in her life, here was a here was a place where somebody said something nice to her. So it gave a good feeling. And and the magical thing is that my client didn't understand that she had to find something that she liked about that person. Hmm. And that that changed her what whatever you would call a magnetic field but it changed how she behaved toward that woman and that woman behaved in general and other people could feel it mm. that is so powerful yeah it is powerful it's it really is powerful and i think that's what you're saying it is. And I love how you just made it simple. You know, you just said just the only thing is compliment and it must be genuine. And what, why that, and I'll just kind of speak to the, the, the little bit of the science part of that is that it's not so much what we say, 
right? We could say, you look beautiful. You're such a nice person. But if I don't really feel it, I'm sending a mixed signal because I'm saying one thing, but the magnetic field that I'm generating, the information I'm feeding into my field, the information to my field is coming from my thoughts and my feelings. So if my inner thoughts and feelings are conflicting with what I'm saying, it's not going to come across as genuine and it's not going to land in the way that you just described. So it was so important. That key ingredient of authenticity is the most important thing we could do. So with it, with, you know, if you really want to make connections with people, it's about doing it from an authentic place. So you may need to do some soul searching to really be, find something authentically that, you know, complimentary if you're having a trouble with somebody. But we also have to remember this, that pe- to separate the, the human being, the being from the behavior, because, and, you know, we talked about this, you know, a while ago, that every single act that somebody does is an expression of love, no matter how terrible it seems. And this is what I mean, is either a, uh, an outward expression of love or it's a call for love. And so mm-hmm. what a call for love often looks like is nastiness, anger, resentment, control, manipulation, jealousy, rage, whatever. Okay. And depending on how unskillful it is, it gets worse and worse, but that's, that's a, that's a behavior. It's not the being. So we're separating that meaning that there's a deeper essence of all of us that is beyond the behavior. But at some point in our lives, things happen to us and we shape and form a personality that is either you know, um, easy to be with or some, or not easy to be with. But what's interesting is the people that are the nastiest and the most difficult to love need love most because they're most disconnected from that. They're really calling for love. Every time they say something nasty, cruel, controlling, manipulative, they are showing how disconnected they are from their hearts and from who they really are. So if we could remember that, we don't have to take it personally. It doesn't mean we're condoning the behavior at all. But we're saying underneath that there's somebody who's really pain, in pain. And again, we're not saying it's okay. I'm not saying we want to spend a lot of time with that person. But the level of compassion will enable you not to get pulled into the drama. So you can stand back, have compassion, and you can handle it in a way where you're not so emotional yourself, but have compassion. Then when I speak into it, I can still speak my truth. But instead of speaking my truth with a defensiveness, I can speak it in a much more together connected way that might actually be helpful for the other person and might actually neutralize the situation so in or or even improve it like you said in your example with a compliment so to have the wherewithal to do that we have to be centered in ourselves and recognize oh that's a very unskillful call for love what that person's doing so let me see if i can help and infuse a compliment or at the very least you know even if, if they're if they're saying something really negative to me you, I can speak into it saying, you know what, you know, that must be coming from a place of hurt or, you know, whatever, whatever is appropriate in that time. The other thing is, the last thing I'll say about this is the more coherent you are, the more intuitive you are too. So you kind of start to intuitively know how to handle each situation, unique situation and each unique person uh, in the right way for that moment and that person. So there's just so many benefits of staying connected to yourself. You can call it co- coherent. You can call it what you want. But if we did measure it, it would be this very smooth, uh, you know, balanced uh, heart rhythm. But most importantly, you can feel it. That's really, you know, you feel at ease with yourself. You feel you don't get pulled into so many things in the outer world. And you can do something as simple as, um, you know, just imagining breathing in and out of your heart. You know, when you're talking to somebody, so I can be talking to you and have my attention on my heart, just that little switch from what am I going to say next? What is she, 
you know, how should I respond to what she's going to say? And, you know, she's probably going to do the thing she always does. That's really the mind. If I can, for a moment, disconnect from the planning, thinking, analyzing, judging mind, drop into my heart and even just, you know, put a focus there or in heart math, we teach to imagine that you're actually breathing in and out of your heart area um, and you're slowing and deepening your breathing. It really can shift things for you, you know, and you start to establish a new way of operating in the world. That's really empowering. And you model it for other people and you're changing the field around you. So, uh, and there's lots of, of interesting results from that. Yeah. Like you're describing, you know, yeah. she did that. She put herself into a heart coherent state. You know, we didn't, we didn't necessarily use that terminology with her, but just right. by giving a compliment made her feel good to give the compliment because it was genuine. And then, you know, she saw how it was received and it had good feedback back to her, which made her feel good in turn. Wow. This really works. And it, so it, now you're creating this back and it, forth, right? This Walter dance. told her that that woman who she thought was a, a, a a son of a gun yeah was a- actually had this small little piece of thing that was okay and each yeah. day she gave a compliment that little piece of thing that was okay about her grew just a little bit each day so her opinion of that woman changed just a little bit each day mm. interesting yeah yeah it's- and what i oh sorry go continue. ahead no, your turn. <laughs> well, I was just going to say what I thought you were saying is, and in, in what you said was, she started to feel really differently about this person that was a son of a gun, right? She started to shift how she felt about her. But what's interesting is, and what I would be willing to bet is, the son of a gun woman or person probably started feeling better about herself too. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's the amazing thing. It's not just one thing. It, it it's it's the combo. Well, it's more than a combo. It's it's a whole orchestra because the other people in the office said, "What's going on here?" <laughs> you know, we we're used to not liking her, <laughs> and all of a sudden she's likable. <laughs> What's wrong with Who knew? <laughs> yeah, and I've seen people. Um, say thank you for reminding me of of who I am. That part of me got lost along the way. Maybe she had some really hard things happen to her and she didn't realize little by little by little, she was slipping into this negativity that was overwhelming her. And you just get so caught in your own way of interacting. You don't necessarily even see it any other way and you get hardened into a certain way. And that's how you see yourself. And we, t- you know, we have a perception of ourselves and by your client, you know, it's, dropping these compliments to her it's like melting some of the ice and remembering helping her remember who she who she is you know underneath all those layers maybe i mean i'm making this up but if we aren't very nice there are definitely layers of protection that we're emitting that you know can look really rough yeah 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 so and i think sometimes sometimes um it's how that we're down on ourselves Mm. But sometimes we're just down on our uh, our situation. We're overwhelmed by the situation in some way or other. Yeah. It could be a little of both or one or the other. Some She could just be having a, a, taking care of a, a sick kid at home uh, or a sick mother or somebody uh, that's just worrying her. 
And uh, some people respond to worrying by being bitchy, if you're pardon the expression. Uh, other people have maybe even a little more compassion. So it, it people are interesting in how they are. And, and if you can find your rhythms or with me into it, uh, like you say, people, all people are e either giving or wanting love. Mm. Uh, and I, th I think about when you were talking about it, I was thinking about all the people in the jail. Mm. Now there's no, well, m m there may be some people. There's a lot of people in there that you can't excuse what they did, but you can separate it from who they are. Mm. And, and that's how some of those people are in jail for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. But at the end, that, at that 30-year mark, when they're 60 or whatever the heck, they're a different person than they were when they committed that crime. Exactly. So. Yeah. It, you're, you're, yeah, especially if they they do some level of reflection. It was like, you know, Nelson Mandela, you know, the angry man that was in prison, you know, he, it's so interesting because hey, he had a lot of anger. He had a lot of resentment. Of course, he, he didn't get a 27 year sentence. He got a lifetime sentence and it was, it struck him one day, you know, this young, angry man, it struck him one day at some point sitting in prison that what if me being here is part of a bigger, um, purpose of maybe even ending apartheid maybe there's a purpose for me being here just bigger than myself and he started to have these different thoughts from a different perspective instead of the angry perspective and resentful man these new thoughts came in and as soon as these new thoughts came in guess what happened he had an idea you know right behind the hmm what if this doesn't make any sense right now but what if then he started to, he got an idea to write letters and he started writing letters to family members and so on about insights and the American media picked up the letters and it's kind of the beginning of him, you know, getting out of prison. And so one thing led to the other and, you know, he ends up after 27 years being released. So it's amazing what we can do. We just, a little shift in perception about something can open up a whole new avenue of life for us that we never would have been able to experience had we not shifted our thought process even a little. And then when he was let out, they said, how did you not have resentment after right. all those years being put in, you know, you were trying to do a good thing. And how did you walk out of prison and not have all that harbored, all that resentment? Right. And I said, you know, I realized that if I walked out with that level of resentment and hatred that I walked in with, I'd still be in prison in effect. Right. I would be in my own prison mentally. Right. So it was, it's very, it's very interesting that we really do imprison ourselves without realizing it. We tend to look at the outer world, look at what's happening out there. You're doing this to me. That circumstance is why I'm upset. Me not having this is why I'm so, you know, down on my luck or depressed. And at some point it's, first of all, we're not taking away the fact that we have difficult circumstances or people or situations. Absolutely. I know that from personal experience in my life, but at some point we have to say there is, there is, there are these things in our lives, but at the end of the day, we are the only ones that can choose what we will do with that, what we will um, make of it. 
you know, and if I continually see something the same way and I show up to it the same way and things aren't really working for me, I need to choose a different way to, to approach that, whether it's at work and I have a difficult boss or a project that's really difficult or people criticizing me. How can I take this very challenge in my life and make it an opportunity to grow myself? Because I can't, maybe I can't change them and likely we can't change the situation right away or the person that I'm dealing with. But what I can do is change the way I perceive them so that I show up to it with new energy. And what I've found in my life, and I'll give you an example in my workplace, was when I had a, um, I had a manager that was very critical of me. So every time he'd call me into his office, which was every week to give me my project, this is when I was a project manager for a big pharmaceutical company. And he would have always something critical to say, you know, something he would slip under the radar. And I felt so uncomfortable and insecure around him. And, you know, I just really resented, resented and dreaded those meetings. And it struck me one day, and I don't know how exactly it arrived because I wasn't doing this teaching and coaching at that point, but it, it, it occurred to me, my gosh, this guy's at my worst enemy. This I don't have to leave this company and you know get out of here. What I have to do is realize he is my greatest teacher right now. And he's teaching me how to respect and appreciate myself. So this is what I did. I would go into his office and instead of, you know, thinking, I can't wait, this is over. This is awful. This guy's an idiot. You know, whatever I was thinking, I thought, thank you for teaching me how to respect myself. Because if I could feel confident in, in your presence, I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say anything. I do, right. do anything. If I could be confident in your presence, I will have grown a lot. So, so you're actually helping me. You're a catalyst for me to reach deeper into myself, to find the potential that I didn't even know I had. So I would do this and gratitude would come through me silently to him. And I'm, it wasn't long before I started to feel more and more comfortable in his presence because I didn't need him to validate me anymore. I was validating myself more and more. Right. And I don't know how long after I started doing this, that this happened, but at one, one day he says to me, he says out loud, he says, I have an extra ticket to this motivational conference where it was some great motivational speakers and I have an extra ticket and I thought you might want to go. And I, I swear, I looked behind me to see if there was somebody standing like behind me because he couldn't be asking me. And I, I, there's nobody there. So I said, oh yeah, sure. I would, I would love to go. <laughs> and, uh, and we ended up going, it was a great experience. And from that point on, we had a really great working relationship. And soon after that, I moved to another department and I, you know, I got a promotion, moved to another department. But the beautiful thing is, let's just say I had left early and gone to the other department because I couldn't deal with this manager. Well, that means I never really learned what I was meant to be learning. So I would inevitably find it somewhere in some other position, either with my, my next boss or somebody in my next project, because I wasn't getting the message that was, was, you know, which was about me, not about the guy. So if we could start to realize that when we have these challenging situations or people, what can I learn from it? Yes. It'll start to shift the way we show. And sometimes it is time to say, you know, it's time to leave. Yes. But there's a saying that I like that I really, I just want to put out there for the audiences. It's really not, and I'll, I'll explain in a minute, but it's not okay to go until it's okay to stay. Meaning that, you know, once I'm comfortable and I'm, I've accepted where I'm at and I can be okay in this difficult situation. Okay. Then I can, then I can either stay because that doesn't bother me anymore. Or I can say, you know what, this really isn't for me. I'm ready to go because I got what I needed to get. So now having said that, it's really not okay to get go until it's okay to stay. I will also say if there's something unsafe, right. Or abusive, oh, of course. that's not, 
Right. That goes without saying, of course, you have to be out of that situation. So take what I'm saying, you know, in the context I'm saying it in, if I'm just having a difficult situation or a hard time, nothing life-threatening or right, right, really, really abusive, then there's probably an opportunity there for me. And if I don't get the lesson there, I'm going to find it later on. So I might as well deal with it right here, right now. So very interesting. Um, and I hope that's helpful, but it's, it really woke me up to my own potential in doing that. Well, plus the thing you didn't uh, uh, pay attention to was that that once you got along with his boss and everything, you moved on. You got a promotion. That's how you moved on. Well, yeah, I didn't think about it then. Yeah, you got the promotion because of every all that work that you did with this guy. Yeah, I have chills because you're right, because just to give a team a little bit of background, to add to what you're saying is that I developed more confidence in myself and I interviewed for a job that I had no experience in. It was at that time, it was a project manager and I was, you know, I hadn't done a full scale project management role. So when I met with this new position, you know, to interview for this job, I just said, you know, I can learn anything. Um, I don't know this, but, you know, and I, anyway, I described it in such a way that I didn't know it, but I would do my best. And I remember that manager who became a mentor of mine for years afterward, he said to me, you know, I had other people that were qualified, but there was something about you that I just, I had to give an opportunity to, you know, and I remember him saying that. And I thought, so to, to add, I never put two and two together though, that I had been working on it with this previous boss, which opened the door to yes. having me be, you know, more of who I knew I could be. I didn't yes. know I could be that next level person until yes. I went through that difficult experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. You know, thank <laughs> you. You see, you're still closing a loop for me that I didn't completely close <laughs> until just now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, so it's interesting. I mean, we saw it with the, this, uh, uh, understanding our, so you call it balance, uh, mm-hmm. coherence, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I th- I think what what that does is the fir- the to me if I were talking about balance I would say the first thing that you come to is is um I just had the word and it went by but appreciation or caring or compassion for yourself. Mm. So so when you get annoyed at the boss the first time you, you don't smack yourself down you say well this is where i am this is who i am this is where you know and and don't judge don't get so caught in the judging and just keep moving M- maybe even keep just keep moving and uh and that compassion once you feel it for yourself you have the opportunity to give it to other people. And the more you're able to give it to other people, the more you understand that everybody's just doing the best they can. And when they're mean, it's not personal. Doesn't mean you shouldn't duck. But it's not against you. It's their issue. And uh, I think it makes it easier because when people take it personal, then it comes back to themselves. What did I do wrong? I think I'm perfect. And look, and he's mad at me. I must be doing something wrong. All that kind of stuff. And that's, uh, if you can 
I, I see what you're talking about. The calmness is is what you're talking about physically uh, leads you to that compassion and that ability to to build and grow and do, right? Yeah, it's so beautifully put. You know, everything you just said, it's um, being able to have compassion for yourself. Like you said, everything starts with you. And once you can do that and have compassion for yourself, when, you know, things don't go the way you had planned or somebody says something and, you know, says that you didn't do a good job, whatever it is, having compassion for yourself and accepting where you're at doesn't mean there's not, you know, you're not going to then say, okay, well, yeah, well, how can I improve and advance myself? But that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not making myself wrong. It's just saying, you know what, I did the best I could in that moment. And if I could do it over again, I'd do it, probably do it differently, but that's where I was in that moment in time. And that's okay. And that gives you, when you start to develop that as a baseline way of operating, as a way of, of coming into, you know, coming to life, approaching life that way, you to, like you said, you start to do that with other people and you literally create an environment around you of ease that uh, helps other people, puts them at ease as well. And, uh, and you do create a coherent state um physiologically with your body but it also helps your emotions you know it's a it's not just physical the physical starts it but then there's emotional component there's a spiritual component you know we just kind of um it's a holistic approach when you become coherent it helps on all levels and of course that also helps us to there's a whole component of discussion that we could have about the the physical impact as well as far as um you know anti-aging when you come from a coherent state you stay youthful you stay you know your memory is a lot more is a lot more uh, you know effective and great um creativity i mentioned a little bit at the beginning you know innovation being able to understand other people's points of view even if we don't agree right it's okay Mm -hmm. i can sit here and listen to something i don't agree with and, and say you know that person has every right to have a different perspective even if it's so different from my own that it's you know, I can't believe somebody believes that way, but it's okay. It's just, uh, so you start to be able to see that. I try to look and see what it is in their life that would Mm. make them conclude these ideas, these conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because democracy, we all come from so different situations. Exactly. That how could we possibly agree with everything? Yeah. And the fact that that we have any kind of a democracy, which is <laughs> problematic right now, uh, yeah, in question, yeah, <laughs> uh, it is is amazing. Uh, so, so I, I I do think it's important to when I hear somebody that's saying I can't believe you're saying that to just kind of chill and say, okay, where are they coming from? What has their experience been? that they could conclude that. And that's helpful. You're so right, because from where you're sitting or where I'm sitting, we have, we're, you know, we, we've been looking through these eyes for however long we've been on the planet, right? So we have this perspective, but imagine everybody's standing at a completely different perspective and they've have a whole different set of experiences and not just different set of experiences, because as you know, even siblings raised in exactly the same environment may have two very different perspectives, right? And that's because we're unique in the way we process what happens to us. So it's not just what happens to us. It's how, what we, how we process it, how we see that. So if we could, you know, consider just that, we can really have patient, more patience and compassion for somebody else and just be a, 
we listening to them. We don't necessarily have to show anything, um, you know, have to fight against it, but just understanding, you know, that Stephen Covey seek first to understand and then to be understood. It's so important to really understand and let somebody feel heard, not just listening to the words they're saying and being able to repeat about their words, but to really feel heard where you're understanding their point of view. And even if you don't necessarily understand it, you're you're seeking to you're truly and maybe ask questions about that without judgments tied into the question but just genuinely being curious about it and so you have this compassionate open curiosity that you approach other people with and they can feel that and that diffuses something that could have maybe escalated unnecessarily if you can just be seated in that place of curiosity acceptance and openness like you said whatever they've been through led them to draw that conclusion and for them it's very important and real and even if it seems very offensive or hurtful or, you know, it's okay. It's if we could just understand that they got there somehow and, and it's all, it's all unique for each one of us. And we have to hold space for people to be who and what they are. doesn't mean we have to agree. And, um, and we have to, you know, we have to do what we feel is right in our hearts. The but other thing, the last thing I'll say is, oh, sorry. I, I just say one thing more thing is, say, yeah. yeah, is that if we could just choose to come from a heart perspective versus a mind, like, you know, making a decision, is this a, is this a decision based in fear, self-protection, you know, um, defensiveness, or is this decision based in it rooted in a place of caring, compassion, love, kindness? And we want to start to make more and more decisions coming from, let's just say for simplicity, the heart, because the heart does, you know, automatically the compassion, the caring, the understanding, the patience. So just consciously start to make more and more decisions that are in alignment with the heart versus the head and the analytical and the judging and the, because it'll be fear-based. We will start to change the whole, you know, shift the planet, even if it's only in our corner of the world, that's, that's already going to be making a difference. Oh yeah, every yeah, yeah, um, I, and uh, that that story I did not know that story about uh, a Mandela. That was oh. that that was fascinating to me. As, yeah. So it's not just that he changed his perspective; he 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 did specific things that made that changed his future. Then if he hadn't done those things, his future would have been different. Yeah, it gives me chills when you say that. That's exactly right. Because he allowed for a different train of thought. He allowed something new, a new perspective that he had not allowed him before because he was too shut down to that. Yeah. And yeah. so where we don't realize that we're actually contributing to our own challenge by staring at the door that's closed or staring at us, you know, having a certain perspective, there's a whole there's limitless possibilities, limitless opportunities. But if we're only focused on the one that we want or what didn't happen or, you know, that we really, we cause ourselves to be stuck and we don't even think it's, we don't even realize we're doing it because it still looks like it was that person or that situation. In Nelson Mandela's case, it still looked like it was the outer world that put him in jail. And it's hard. And he could have, he would have been very, it would have been very normal for him to stay resentful for the rest of his life, right? You know, prison Absolutely. with a life sentence for Absolutely. just trying to help and be human and right do the right thing as a, as a human being yeah. but he didn't and that that caused him and so you he, he probably never would have been president of that nation totally. if it weren't for that incredible challenge that caused him to reach deep into his you know his soul and he pull did. out a level 
of right of of passion or perspective that never would have been tapped had he not been faced with such an incredible challenge. So remember, just to the viewers here, anytime you're faced with a challenge, and the the more difficult the challenge is, the bigger the the um the call is for you to reach down into your potential and pull it out. And say what what is this situation calling me to do that I haven't been able to tap any other way? That only this set of circumstances would trigger me or cause me to tap into. What is that about? And get curious, you know, and we can't do that right away, especially if something's really difficult. We might, we don't usually go to that kind of thought process right away because we're we're mourning or we're grieving or whatever it is, right? Or we're angry. It's all okay. But at some point, we want to see this as an opportunity to really reach into the potential you have and, and see that as a catalyst to do that. So then it becomes a stepping stone for you to your greatness, to your next level versus a stumbling block that could keep you tripped up for many, many years to come. So that's something that I like to consider too. And, you know, after the process of, you know, we have to take our time to do what we have to do, right? It's, I, it took Nelson Mandela a while of being in hatred, you know, and anger and resentment. And he'll, he'll you know, he would have, he did admit that. He wasn't a perfect person, but at some point he shifted. He changed the channel. Yeah. 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 So it's not how long it takes you nope. to get your own personal enlightenment. It's that you choose the path to get to your own personal enlightenment. I love the way you say that. I love because you 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 said choose. And I think that is such a powerful word because most of us feel powerless that we don't have a choice, that I have to hope and wish that things go better for me. And what we don't realize is it's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Hoping and wishing, but we have a lot more power than we know. We have and to do, to we have to that. do, we have yeah. to do. Yeah. You said it. <laughs> well, we've cured the, all the ills of the world. <laughs> Yay. And what, it only took us 48 minutes? <laughs> not bad. <laughs> So but look at the masterminds at work we have here, you know, and <laughs> when we get together, who knows, right? We can solve anything. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is a, a joy. It's fun to talk, isn't it? <laughs> it is so much fun. I could talk to you forever, especially about these kind of topics, because I'm so passionate about it. You know, that's what my company is about. This is what I teach, you know, one-to-one -one and also in groups. Yeah. Uh, I, I love doing this work. Yeah. So talk about your work and what you do and where people can reach you. Oh, sure. So I work, I coach people one-to-one -one on creating a vision for what it is that you want to accomplish. Everybody has something unique that's important to them. It could be something that's on the personal level, building a, the, their own confidence, um, even understanding what it is they want. Sometimes people are in a transition phase in their life and they're just not even sure who they are or what they want. Or other people know what they want, but they don't know how to get there, right? There's any, any different, you know, permutations of things. I work with people where they're at and help them to not only create the action step to get to where they want to, but to become the version of them that can get to where they want to be. So there's also a mindset shift, a perspective shift, a consciousness shift that is all part of it. So it's a really holistic approach. And I use methodologies that have been around for 40 years. Uh, some are rooted in neuroscience uh, and different types of um, heart-brain coherence. Uh, that's heart math. Um, psychology, all different 
aspects, right, of the human being coming at it from different angles, spiritual component to it. So that's uh, how I work with people. I've been doing this for years and years, for 20 years, but formally I've been doing it as a, a Evolution Solutions is the name of my company, Evolution Solutions in Redondo Beach, California. Uh, but I work with people on Zoom um, as well. So one-to-one, but also in groups. I, so I go into companies and organizations uh, and work with teams to you know, start to shift team cultures and dynamics, and that's really powerful as well. So, as as Evolution Solutions, uh, it's been about seven years now, but I've been doing this work for twenty years in the different companies I've worked for. Uh, so it's a it's a phenomenal process, and it's a step by step process. And I I have uh, not just it's not just about me guiding people. It's a co-creative process where it's custom to whatever group I'm with or whatever individual I'm with. And we have audios as well. So in between, we usually meet once a week, depending on how I set up the customized process, once a week, one hour a week. But in between our meetings, there's audios to listen to. They're, they're teaching lessons to advance the work in between and mo- and also meditations. But most importantly is life work, which is How am I going to take what I learned and integrate it into my life? So it's not just something that goes by the wayside after I'm done with this coaching experience, but I've actually integrated it. And that's part of built into everything that I do is an integration piece of it. I really work to ensure that every one of my clients is actually embodying this, which is really what I'm saying is it's not about learning my stuff. It's about learning to unlock who you are and what your potential is. And it happens to be the t- tools, techniques, methodology, approach that I use, you know, and it's different depending on who I'm with, which which tools I pull, but I can help you unlock your potential. I help my clients unlock their potential so they can see and do things they never, a lot of times they never thought possible. And I, it just thrills me to continually see that, whether it's teams or individuals and the effect that has not only on their lives, but on the lives of those people they touch, whether it's just their families or communities their colleagues, you know, their clients, it just, it has a ripple effect, you know, as you know. So Evolution Solutions is my company. Uh, My website is myevolutionsolutions.com, myevolutionsolutions.com. So evolution is singular, solutions is plural, and hopefully that's helpful. Oh, one more thing I want to mention. I have some gifts I would love to give your listeners. If you go to giftsfromjudy.com, so giftsfromjudy.com, Dot com, you will have number one, an opportunity for a complimentary breakthrough coaching call with me on any topic you want, whatever is important to you. Um, and or a seven, uh, sorry, 12 steps for reducing stress and increasing balance in your life. And this is a scientifically validated guidebook created by the HeartMath Institute, which will provide amazing tools and techniques for you to access or your family, you would just go to my, go to giftsfromjudy.com, print it off. And there's also journaling pages. It's a wonderful journaling, you know, manual for, uh, for, for helping yourself to move into a state of calm and coherence and ease in anything you want to do in life and also helps with communication. So there's a, there's a technique on that as well. Awesome. Awesome. So giftsfromjudy.com. Will be that gifts from judy.com. Yeah. Is it wait? Is it gifts from yes? Gifts, gifts from, from judy. judy.com. That's J U D Y. Yeah. Gifts from judy.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. So everybody do it. You'll be, You'll be very, very glad very you did. 
Thank you so much for this opportunity to yeah. be here with you and with your with all of your listeners. Uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. And 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 you're right. Thank you, listeners, everyone, for listening to Merle's Pearls of Business Wisdom with me, your host, Merle M. Singer, the Relationship Miracle Worker. Just remember, you can find this episode and all past episodes. The quick, easy way is relationshipmiracleworker.com slash podcast. It's all there. But meanwhile, you can go to Amazon Music or whatever, uh, whatever pod, Apple Podcasts, any, all the podcast platforms has Merle's Pearls of Business Wisdom. And you'll get a chance to see an interview with Judy Hirsch, who is awesome. It's one to know one. Thank you so much, Merle. This is great. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.